Hello, everyone. This is Maureen Fitzgerald of the Great Lakes Addiction Technology Transfer Center, your host for today's Great Lakes ATTC podcast. The Great Lakes ATTC podcast bring interviews and insights to the addiction treatment and recovery services field in the Great Lakes region and beyond. Today's podcast is the third session in our premier series focused on recovery from substance use disorders. Our guest today is Dr. Tom Fries, co-director and director of training for UCLA Integrated Substance Abuse Program and director of the Pacific Southwest Addiction Technology Transfer Center. Dr. Fries also served as co-director of the Center of Excellence on Racial Ethnic Minority Young Men Who Have Sex with Men and Other Lesbian, Gay, and Bisexual Populations. Dr. Fries conducts training on a wide variety of topics, including implementing integrated treatment for co-occurring mental health and substance use disorders, screening, brief intervention, and referral to treatment, medication-assisted treatment, medical issues in patients with substance use disorders, and culturally responsive treatment for LGBT clients. Dr. Fries has worked in the addiction treatment field since 1983, and has developed and conducted trainings in 46 U.S. states and internationally. Tom, thank you for joining us today. I'm happy to be here, and thank you for inviting me. Tom, one of your areas of expertise is culturally responsive treatment for LGBT clients. Can you share some information on the incidence of substance use and mental health disorders in the LGBT population? Sure. When we look at the issue of substance use in the LGBT populations, what we see is significantly higher rate of use kind of across substances among LGBT people, notably alcohol and uh, methamphetamine are known to be significantly higher, and uh, tobacco use is also higher across the populations. Um, A lot of people have pointed to this issue as, you know, what's going on with LGBT people that they end up using substances at at such a higher rate. And I think the issue is really that there are so many societal pressures that LGBT people grow up with that they don't necessarily know how to cope with. And so they may turn to substances as a way of helping them to cope with the pressures that they experience just growing up different in in this society. Thanks, Tom. That kind of covers my second question which is, are members of the LGBT population at higher risk of developing a mental health or substance use disorder? You know, I think um, to add to that just a little bit, I, I think that, again, we see much higher rates. And it is not necessarily that there's something fundamentally wrong, but that the pressures that society puts on people who are different are really tremendous. We see significantly higher rates of depression and anxiety diagnoses across the LGBT community. One study showed that, for instance, gay men are seven times more likely than their heterosexual counterparts to have attempted suicide. In addition to mental health and substance use, we also see significantly higher rates of substance use and employment issues in some sub-segments of the population as well. Thank you, Tom. Uh, How is the opioid epidemic affecting the LGBT population? Yeah, we know the opioid epidemic is is really problematic across the nation, kind of broadly across populations, and certainly the LGBT community is is affected. 
we don't necessarily have specific epidemiologic data for the population to know kind of how they fit in with the rest, and, and but we don't have evidence that it's impacting the LGBT population more significantly than other populations at this point. There have long been substance use trends, though, in the LGBT communities that are definitely more problematic than what we see in more mainstream populations. For instance, alcohol use uh, is seen at higher rates uh, across LGBT communities. Um, I think this stems from a, a couple of different reasons. One, we've already talked about the societal pressures and how people may turn to substances to cope, but also if you are becoming aware of your own identity as a member of the LGBT community. You're trying to think, where can I meet other people? One of the places where LGBT people have, have been known to congregate are in bars, dance clubs, that kind of thing. And so places where alcohol is really prevalent. Major sponsors of some of the, the events like uh, uh, the Pride events uh, have also long been alcohol companies as well. And so there's a, a direct marketing push to LGBT communities. Similarly, among gay and bisexual men in particular, methamphetamine has been noted as a significant problem. Uh, and it's a problem that uh, has diminished in many parts of the country, although it's currently increasing, but it's consistently been a, an ongoing problem among gay and bisexual men. For this particular issue, there's, again, that relief from societal pressure, and methamphetamine works really well to be able to do that. But there's also a connection for many uh, gay and bisexual men with their sexual behavior, such that as the substance use and the, and the sexual behaviors become more and more paired with each other, um, having a craving for drug also sort of leads craving for uh, sex and vice versa. It can lead to increases in risky sex behavior. It can lead to increases in risk for transmission of sexually transmitted infections and for HIV, uh, which we know is most prevalent in this country among those populations. So we need to pay attention to kind of across the drug group for the LGBT community, but recognize that there are some specific subpopulations where Issues like alcohol, issues like methamphetamine may be even more prevalent and need more attention. Thanks, Tom. Tom, what are some things that treatment providers can do to help people in the LGBT population who have mental health and substance use disorders sustain recovery? I think uh, a couple of things come to mind immediately. First and foremost, we need to recognize that LGBT people need exactly the same treatment that non-LGBT people get. They need to feel comfortable in the space. They need to be accepted and welcome where they are. So providers gaining knowledge on culturally responsive care and how to make sure that the language that they're using is contributing to the to that sense of welcomeness and openness, that they're using the correct pronouns with people, that they're um, not using terms that the community feels are inappropriate or even offensive. A lot of times we have the best of intentions, but we don't know enough in order to really provide that culturally competent care. And so I think continuing to get education, continuing to seek information to, to improve the quality of the individual staff who are interacting with the clients, as well as the general environment in which the services are being provided. For instance, making sure that the information that is available in the clinic uh, reflects not just heterosexual life and, and relationships, 
but also reflects the relationships of the LGBT people who are in the agency as well. The other thing is to continually educate yourself about issues that are pertinent, most pertinent to the LGBT community. Looking at issues of HIV, which is most prominent among gay and bisexual men in this country, and also extremely high rates among trans people in this country. Getting information about those issues, uh, about how to help people prevent transmission, uh, is really, really critical. There are a number of resources that are available through the ATTC network that are directly targeted to these issues. And I think one of the best things that providers can do is really seek out those resources. They're easy to get, they're fairly straightforward, and don't take a lot of time to absorb, but I think can make a powerful difference in helping providers develop cultural competency and make sure that their services are, are appropriate and welcoming to the people that they're trying to serve. Thanks, Tom. The ATTC network offers a variety of resources that are designed to help people who treat members of the LGBT population. You can find those resources at www.attcnetwork.org. Thank you again for joining us today, Tom, and thanks to our podcast listeners. Today's podcast was produced by the Great Lakes ATTC. All of our podcasts will be available for download from the Great Lakes ATTC website and from the products and resources catalog on the ATTC network website. The title of our podcast theme song is Home, an original piece for guitar composed and performed by Steve Wong.